Hello, dear listener, and welcome to episode zero of Little Realms. In this episode, we want to take a brief moment to introduce our show and our players. My name is Candace, and I am the game master for this endeavor. Little Realms is an actual play Dungeons and Dragons podcast, and in this game, we are using the fifth edition rules in a homebrew setting. The homebrew setting is slightly left of canon and two parts heart for every one part art. The players find themselves traveling to Mithrin, a city that has seen better times. It was founded with grand designs of becoming a commercial hub for the new frontier, but when the mine that drove Mithrin's economy ran dry, the city quickly fell on hard times. Our characters each have personal reasons for adventuring to this city. But what will the city hold for the lot of them once they have actually arrived? We'll now hear a brief intro for each of our adventuring party, so please enjoy. I'm Sarah, and I play Vim, the flashy and nomadic tiefling. I am Dan. I play Cyrus Sassafras, the elderly, world-weary druid. I'm Nikki. I'm playing Jarell Goldenheel, the wide-eyed elven scholar. And I'm Adam. I'm playing Arden, the pragmatic half-elven ranger. For so long, sand was all I knew. Its violent storms and quiet dunes. The way it clung to me like a second skin and how it cradled my body at night. The smoky red plains of Minheed Tor and the speckled black coast of Mabark will always hold a special place in my heart, but I never chose them for myself. I was born into them, into a life of seclusion, one that taught weariness and skepticism above all else. This was well and good until I began to learn just how big our world is. I longed to see places that smelled strange and knew nothing of sand. When I was given a chance to choose a new life for myself, I didn't just seize it. I died for it. I traded fields of sand for wide open plains, dense forests, and bustling cities. And I didn't just swap sleepy nights in remote regions for carnivals and spectacle. I gave them up for a new family. Our name is the Mother Elephant. We deal in the unexpected. No doubt you've seen our caravan set up shop just outside of your town. Spice, jewels, wine, (laughs) whatever. They bring in coin, and they can even make you rich, but what excitement is found in a dusty bottle of red? Do people really want to hear the tale of the feet that crushed your wine? Does the song of toes and heels inspire passion or breed adventure or or raise the hairs on your neck? (laughs) I, I didn't think so. You see, the mother elephant doesn't just trade in goods. We trade in stories. Next time you and I cross paths, I'll regale you with the time I plucked the feathers from a periton's mane while it pecked at me from the sky. And if you have the coin, 
I might just be convinced to part with the gold-trimmed, luxuriously downy, royal blue capelet I made after the fight. These days, my name is Vim, and right now I'm headed towards Mithrin. It's out of the way, and from what I've heard, is a pretty mixed bag, but scarcity is good for business, and where there isn't a lot of supply, the opportunity to turn a profit is palpable. I'm hoping to get in and get out before winter sets in. Send me luck. You want to know about me? I don't particularly want to tell you about me, though. But, if you insist, uh, my name is Arden, and I was raised by wolves. <laughs> uh, that's a joke, of course, but I have no name or title you would recognize, and I'm not from any place you've heard of, either. You want more than that? Fine, then. I was raised by wolves. Don't give me that look. I learned a lot from them. How to hunt for my own food. How to fight. How to live in harmony with the wilds and the world around me. Skills that seem to be in short supply these days. And they have served me well. I know how to track animals through the forest and use their paths. I know how to find the trouble I want and stay well away from the trouble I don't. I know how to fight. I know other things about the world, too. Things that your books won't teach you, and knowledge that you can't learn in your cities and your universities. And how have I used all of this as a mercenary? I suppose that's probably why you're talking to me now in the end, and I won't deny that I do take work as a mercenary from time to time. But my heart isn't in it. It's a living. I would rather do something that actually matters than just getting myself involved in the petty squabbles of whomever needs some muscle and has the money to buy it. Sure, I've had some good work. I've helped people. Uh, some of the work has been at least a little exciting, and sometimes the money is good too. I suppose it's a way to make a name for myself as well. I've got enough money to live off of for a while though, and. I'm done with it, for now at least. I'm headed to Mithrin, there's a decent caravan leaving today, and if I'm going to meet people whom I'll be traveling with for a while, I want to have at least a little drink in me before I do it. Yeah, is Mithrin a town in the middle of nowhere? Yes, it is. Is there anything there? Not as far as I've heard, but there's nothing for me here either, nor was it where I was before this. Maybe, once I get there, I'll find something to do that actually matters. If I don't, then there will probably be somebody there involved in some petty squabble that needs some hired muscle and has the money to buy it. Uh, and now it looks like it's time for me to go. Did you get what you wanted from me? Did you learn a suitable amount? Well, that bit of information was free. That look again? Didn't I tell you? I'm a mercenary. And in a world full of mercenaries, there is precious little that is free.
Did I just address you, or do I talk directly to the recording stone? Oh, it's already... Oh, oh, um, hi. Hello. I, uh, <clears throat> um, it's, it's quite a neat bit of magic, isn't it? This must be evocation, right? Does it capture just the voice, or, you know, some imprint of the essence of this... Uh, right, sorry. <clears throat> I'm Jarell, Jarell Goldenheel, and, um... I'm a research scholar and junior faculty member here in the Harrogate Academy for the Arcane Sciences. Uh, my family are uh, in trade for the most part. Um, my eldest brother and sister took over the family business some years ago, and the rest of us, well, got sent to school to learn magic. Education was very important to our mother. My loss? Oh, they... Sorry for the misunderstanding. Our parents aren't dead. They retired to a private island 30 years ago, since Kinron and Kirona were more or less running the business anyway. What, well, I mean it's not a large island, but trading in luxury goods is quite lucrative after all, and... Uh, yes, uh, yes. Those golden heels. Yes, my grandmother founded the Golden Trace Trading Company. <laughs> Uh, yes, high elves on both sides, all the way back. In any case, uh, Kinron sent all of us younger siblings to school, and now most of them are magical artificers for Golden Trace. Except Aiden, he became their head accountant. And me. I, uh, I was offered a research position and decided to stay at the academy instead of going back to the company. My research? Oh, <laughs> Uh, it's a bit of this and a bit of that, you know. Um, it's a little abstract. I wouldn't want to bore you. I mostly teach introductory courses on theories of the mind and enchantment. And I'm actually going on a research sabbatical to Mithrin uh, in hopes of catching up with an old colleague. I haven't seen her in some years, but we've exchanged letters. She has copies of a few books that would be of great help to me that... Well, they're quite rare now. Most of the copies were, you know, destroyed back during the war, burned down with the archives. I haven't really traveled much since I was quite young, before I joined the academy, so I suppose it'll be quite the little adventure. I imagine I'll be busy with research most of the time, but perhaps I'll have time to see the city a little, meet other travelers with interesting stories, see some unusual bits of magic. So did you make this recording stone, or...? A first impression of Cyrus Sassafras would leave you both amused and confused about this wispy-haired human druid, armed with a copper cauldron on his back, click-clacking bottles of herbs on his belt, and his trusty soup ladle in his hand. This smiling 72-year-old is a queer sight to be standing next to the sullen sellswords and cutthroat mercenaries of Mithrin. Fifty years ago, back when fortune seekers were still racing to Mithrin, before the Mithril mines completely depleted, a young Cyrus could be found lying lazily in a bed of moss in the nearby town of Bogberg. Never one to be stirred by the allure of wealth or adventuring, 
Cyrus instead spent his waking hours in the pursuit of life's simple pleasures. Trumple forging, bird watching, and flower gardening. Discovering early that he had a penchant for potions, Cyrus casually slipped into the role as the small town's apothecary and earned himself a meager income that was more than sufficient to support his minimalistic lifestyle. His needs were few and his complaints were fewer. Life for Cyrus was simple serenity for decades. However, all of that would change with one fateful encounter. It was around his 43rd birthday that Bulvine strolled into town. A wandering human barbarian, Bulvine was a follower of Korn, god of sport and athletics, and he was looking for a new challenge, something to slay. What he found in Bogbert instead was love, and what he slayed was Sassafras's heart. They made an odd couple, that's for sure, but it didn't take long for the others to see that their love for each other was warm and sincere as the sunrise. Over the years, Bulvine taught Cyrus how to hunt grizzly bears and took him adventuring to many scary but exciting places. And in return, Cyrus showed Bulvine how to identify herbs and flowers and took him to the perfect hills for cloud watching and stargazing. For nearly 25 years, they lived together in Bogberg, like this, constant companions who shared their passions and their hearts with one another. Cyrus stole a homebody at heart, tended his garden, and crafted his cures for the townsfolk. Whereas Bulvine, ever the adventurer, continued hunting beasts, each more bigger and more deadlier than the last. The old druid worried for his boyfriend's safety, and he didn't understand his desire to constantly test himself. The barbarian hushed him. He told him that these hunts were necessary, and that one doesn't get to compete in Kord's arena by dying of old age. Eventually, Bulvine got his wish, and he died in glorious combat versus an adult wolverine. Cyrus Sassafras spent five years mourning and growing bitter. Birdwatching and mushroom foraging lost its appeal to him like it used to. He used to appreciate the harmony of nature, but the loss of his barbarian bow left a hole in him that felt like a swirling thunderstorm of guilt and anger and loneliness. There were no more smiles for clouds, only curses. Eventually, his demeanor scared away the people of Bogbert themselves, and they stopped coming to Cyrus's shop. This cantankerous old coot was not the amiable apothecary they grew to know and appreciate. Penniless, friendless, and tired of being sad all the time, Cyrus Sassafras awoke one morning with his eyes wide and a smile he had forgotten almost how to wear. He finally figured out how to be happy again. It was simple. He simply needed to test his limits, to grow stronger, and to die in glorious combat so that Kord will invite him into his arena as well. Then he could spend an eternity with Bulvine. It was a bold plan, and Cyrus Sassafras knew he would never be brave enough to go adventuring on his own, especially at his age. But he also knew that the only thing that terrified him more than dying at the hands of a monster was living out the rest of his years, alone 
and with the monster in his heart. Thank you for joining us for episode zero of our podcast. The events of the game begin a little over three decades after the mine of Mithun has run dry. We hope to see you in episode one. Until then.